Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Hi, everybody, and welcome. In the Booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Good to have you along with us. Getting close to a game. Kind of forgot what that was like. Game time tomorrow night in the Dome. The Orange and Boston College feels like it has been forever since the last Syracuse basketball game. It's really only about the same amount of time between a football game typically, eight days. In this case, typically we're going uh, seven days from one game to the next. But uh, man, it feels like uh, it's been a while. We've kind of talked the talk. A degree. We're going to talk with Jim Saddle in a little bit later on the show in just a few minutes and get his thoughts on uh, how a team approaches this sort of bye week and how it can get better and what he expects to see when the Orange do take the floor tomorrow in a game where at the start of the year this one was circled as a W and now you know Boston College is legit. Coach Beheim effusive in his praise really throughout the season, but especially yesterday on the ACC uh, teleconference with the media uh, talking about the really three-person punch that Boston College offers, not just Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman, but Jordan Chapman as well. Uh, That is quite a prolific offense for the Eagles who uh, are coming in playing well and at least playing, whereas the Orange uh, have been practicing and that can be a good thing too if you'd like to join us by phone you can do that at 437-7644 ESPN 44 if you'd like to chime in on the program today saw going across the bottom line just because it's a top of mind looks like the news is that a couple of big names including one who's a little bit of a central New York Connection, the new uh, Sunday night baseball team on uh, ESPN is going to be Matt Vasgersian and Alex Rodriguez. My understanding is that A-Rod had uh, strong leanings and uh, perhaps even the opportunity to pick his partner and went with uh, Matt Vasgersian, who uh, way back in the mid-90s was for a year, I think just one year, maybe two, the uh, voice of the Syracuse Chiefs. So a very Entertaining and acquired taste. Padre, a broadcaster for a number of years, Paul, so I know you're familiar with Santa his work. Maria. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love Vasgersian. I could quote some of his lines from uh, his days of where fewer people were watching and listening, um, and he didn't get in trouble for those lines uh, back then that uh, he won't be trying to, uh, to bring out again uh, in this setting. But uh, he is an interesting individual. He used to have the booth at old MacArthur stadium, there was not really even a door that went into it. There's the big wide open press box and you could go right to the open part where the media people were and maybe the scoreboard operator or whatever. And on the far right was the visiting radio booth. And to the left, there were two tiny little booths. One was for uh, Chris Granozio, the uh, public address announcer who's uh, since gone on to the New York Mets uh, scoreboard and video board room. And, Furthest left was where the uh, broadcasters were, and uh, Matt 
had beef. This is how different he was. California guys, a USC product. Matt had uh, in in lieu of a door beads hanging, like out of the you know the seventies. Uh, that was kind of the way to get into the room, first of all, and then very frequently. And I wish I had. Of course, I guess in this day and age, you can't light up in most of these uh, facilities. But I, I could see the calming influence of this, and why uh, I should have tried to rip this off somewhere along the line in, in all the baseball that I've done in the the nights and cities across America. He had incense burning during the game. That was kind of his like mood setter uh, for what was going on. But uh, interesting guy, does a tremendous job. Thought he really was great in the uh, postseason this year, and um, happy for him. And for the youngsters, he's the voice of MLB The Show. Is that sorry? I figured he had to be on a video yeah. game somewhere, which is also a very lucrative deal. These guys that get the uh, the video game voiceover. I got talking to Ian Eagle about that once, and he yeah. said it's the most tedious yeah. work because you have to sound excited about every player. So if a kid wants like the tenth guy off the bench for the Knicks. To come in and dunk, you have to be as excited to announce that guy as you would about Michael Jordan dunking. Right. So. I, uh, I had a tryout years ago for something like that. Um, not really sure how they got my name, but they called and they said, hey, here's what we got going on. We uh, This video game, we're going to send you some copy and same type of deal. We need you to, you're going to have to read through some lines. Uh, we'll call you back in like two days. So I didn't know exactly when they, they sent me the you know one page of, of stuff. And then I remember doing it sitting in a, you know, probably like a La Quinta in uh, somewhere in South Carolina or Georgia or whatever. And, uh, okay, ready? And then same type of deal. Jones, ground ball single in the right field. Base hit. Like, (laughs) you got to do it over and over. (laughs) Next guy. And you have to – the hard part is to put yourself into uh, that sort of mindset, like that it's actually happening when it's not. I think it was play-by-play people – Hopefully you're good at describing things, but uh, imagining things that aren't there and making fictitious descriptions is a whole different skill. But uh, when you go do those video games, it's the same thing, right? You say every player's name and every combination of possible outcomes and, and phrases, and they do uh, lobby some pretty good change uh, for that. And so uh, Matt's uh, well compensated anyways, doing well. But uh, so uh, hope, hopefully that becomes – I don't know if that's going – I guess if ESPN's running it, then that's uh, – Pretty well official. Of course, uh, Jessica Mendoza and Buster Olney uh, will return to uh, that show as well on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Big news after the show when we were in here yesterday with the Syracuse football getting a commit from a uh, previously four-star recruit out of high school that had been productive in his time at Oklahoma. And uh, if you get on the field at Oklahoma and run for 500 yards, you're doing some work. And so Abdul Adams will uh, is here now and in classes and will be part of the uh, Syracuse program, needs to sit out a year. And so that's the type of upgrade and talent that Coach uh, Dino Babers is looking for. And so uh, lots of positive uh, types of things going on there. So good stuff. I see uh, Joe for his Do We Care Later has the uh, angle on that story as uh, Alex Rodriguez. And I've already actually made a quick reference to my uh, – we did a little booth dropping early in the uh, the season on In the Booth about my time standing in the booth with A-Rod and Brush with Greatness and uh, Jenny from the Block, but uh, we can get into that a little bit later. So I'm uh, excited about that particular broadcast team. I'm excited to talk with Jim Sadlin about uh, Orange basketball and, for that matter, uh, basketball around the conference. Uh, 
Buzz Williams returned to crazy buzz last night as uh, Virginia Tech beat North Carolina. Uh, he'd been pretty buttoned up in the uh, New Year's Eve game here, pretty composed. They expanded the coach box uh, for him and buttoned up, wore his suit the whole game, the whole deal. And uh, last night returned to, you know, a dry cleaner's best friend by sweating through everything. I'm sure it was planned that at some point in the game he was going to go to the commemorative T-shirt for Frank Beamer, who uh, was honored at the game last night for his College Football Hall of Fame induction. But in the second half, he's out there in a T-shirt and the whole nine yards. It is uh, suits and sneakers week for coaches versus cancer. Another thing we'll uh, talk about with Jim Sadlin. And the highlight you've called up, Polly, is when uh, Buzz Williams apparently just lost all sense of time and place and misconstrued a whistle for an official timeout. He darted halfway out onto the court and starts uh, slapping hands with teammates. It was a stoppage of play, but it wasn't an official timeout. And uh, He's the, insane. <laughs> the very buttoned-up uh, Roy Williams is kind of like, hey, what's going on? But uh, did not. <laughs> Cooler heads prevailed, and all it all ended. And Buzz, of course, came up and apologized and clarified and whatever. But uh, that guy is on a different planet. He is a heck of a coach, works his brains out, and gets his players to do the same. But uh, he is a different kind of dude. And he's been effective. A little slow start in the conference this year for a highly thought of uh, Virginia Tech team, but they did beat number 10 North Carolina last night. That'll be our starting point with Jim Sadlin. I know uh, probably did not come as a great surprise that outcome. And we'll talk with uh, Sats about what he expects tomorrow night at the Carrier Dome, the Orange, and uh, Boston College had a little bit of leftover comments. We ran out of time with uh, Brian Higgins yesterday. A couple of things maybe to touch on as far as uh, Syracuse men's lacrosse is concerned over the course of the show today. Tomorrow on the program, we'll visit with John Mita Perel, our counterpart at uh, BC. Should be a live in-studio guest, Paul. i got to take him to lunch, but we'll uh, take advantage of his uh, staying downtown to uh, walk him right in here and uh, ask about the, the season that BC has had where – Jim Christian, who won nine games last year, has uh, maybe the best one-two punch at guard in the ACC this year. And, uh, of course, John can shed some light on another Super Bowl run for the Patriots. We'll do that tomorrow. And we can have him sit in through Do We Care. We could have a guest Do We a Care. guest Do We Care. Have another person yeah. chime in about yeah. whether they care? Yes. Boy, that's titillating. <laughs> Make his ears bleed. <laughs> I was going to say, this guy's done major market, you know, talk radio like in... He's on in Boston. Boston and stuff. Yeah, I don't know that. Who cares about our little nonsense? I can tell you right now, he doesn't care <laughs> about the stuff that we're uh, we're talking about. But uh, you never know. We can offer it up, and with an eight o'clock game tomorrow, probably doesn't have a lot of other places to be. So we can uh, get into that good stuff with John Mita Perel tomorrow. Mike Waters on Thursday and uh, Friday. We'll figure out when it gets here. So that's the menu. Back with Jim Saddle when when we roll along in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. The Orange women home again Thursday versus Clemson. Tip time, 7 o'clock. Orange pregame, 645. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Is he here? I guess so. In the Booth brought to you by Burdick Toyota and CH Insurance. Good to have you along with us. Kind of uh, missed a little bit of a news item there off the start of the show. We do have tickets. We've got a pair of ducats 
to the Boston College game to give away. So if you're looking for a chance to get to the game and don't have plans for 8 o'clock tomorrow night, then uh, listen to the uh, tail end of the show. We've got a way to uh, give you some tickets and hook you up a bit later to uh, come and join us. Jim Sadlin will be there. He'll be on the payroll for the game tomorrow night. Looking forward to uh, seeing you again, Coach. It feels like it's been a minute since there's been a game, but I'm excited. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a nice little uh, respite, and I think the players probably feel the same way. But you just mentioned 8 o'clock tomorrow. It's not 8 o'clock, right? Isn't it? I keep saying that it's 8, so maybe it's 7. Oh, I think it's I think it's 7. So the, those tickets, I should probably know those things. Those people coming in a little late. No, yeah, 7. No. I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, you know what I'm thinking about is uh, Georgia Tech next week is 8. Yeah, next week. That's Sorry, everybody. On the road. Sorry, yeah. everyone. 7 o'clock game. Seven what would you do without me here, buddy? <laughs> That's right. I, I, I would be totally lost in, in more ways Jeez. than one. Uh, before we get into Syracuse, I would imagine the game last night, North Carolina and Virginia Tech, did not come as a great surprise to you. You've been uh, kind of lining up the Tar Heels for some time now. Yeah, you know, when you watch the game, and it was a great crowd too, by the way, as you saw that what Virginia Tech's home court advantage can be when they fill that place. And, uh, but, you know, Carolina is um, a totally different team on the road than they are at home, completely different. Um, they got a lot of players that, <clears throat> you know, when you, when you watch North Carolina in the past, I mean, you know, five, ten years ago when they had all the top five-star players, they all seem to be getting that same kind of player that, that Duke gets or that Kentucky gets and so on. Now, maybe that, that investigation was hanging over their head. Now that that's cleared off, maybe they'll start getting some some real high-level players again. But when you watch that game last night, I mean, Luke May is a, a walk-on who's all of a sudden graduated into being arguably their best player. And uh, Joel Berry's a good player, certainly. But, you know, beyond that, they've got a lot of guys that are just, you know, kind of three- to four-star type players and uh, showed last night when they got handled pretty easily in the second half. I don't know why... Well, let's just put it this way without making a commentary on why announcers would would say it. But I've heard more on North Carolina games than any other team I can remember this year that they're playing in a disinterested fashion or some some sort of veiled version of that comment, that the other team is playing harder or or what have you. But boy, if if I were a coach, that'd be one of the things that would really drive me crazy. Yeah, me too. And I I heard that last night in that game a little bit that they said they were – I think Jay Billis said they were out that they outworked Carolina, and uh, and then sometimes that happens when you've got a team that maybe isn't quite highly ranked or, or respected as the other team is. And, and uh, but yeah, I'd be upset if I was you know Roy and, and some of their players, and, and if you, you heard that constantly that that's an issue with North Carolina. So you know, they, but they've been up and down. I mean, they beat a BC team that, that's been playing very well all year in the conference by thirty. You know, a week ago or two weeks ago at Carolina, and then they turn around and they, you know, they've had some games that you scratch your head at a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know what they'll be, but they're still Carolina and they're still really good at home. I'm glad Syracuse plays them here this year. That's right. And then you've been talking about that one for some time. Now let's take out the game you just talked about, North Carolina Boston College. That was a 30 point, 96 66 Carolina win. January 9th, and uh, things are going your way when you put up 96 points and you win by 30. So obviously they weren't going BC's way on that day. Outside of that, what a season Boston College has had. This is a team that lost back-to-back games in late November around Thanksgiving time against Providence and Nebraska. 
but then got back to work in December, beat Duke on December 9th. That was the big eye-opener. Back into non-conference, uh, I won't say necessarily cruised, uh, had to go to overtime to beat Richmond, but then, Coach, lost by just one at Virginia, which uh, is another one that's really a credibility gainer before beating Wake, beating Dartmouth in a late non-conference, and then uh, beating Florida State. Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at their roster, it's funny because they're guard-oriented, obviously, very similar to Syracuse in that sense. Um, watching them, I, I saw them on Sunday afternoon against Louisville, you know, they're down, if I'm not mistaken, now they were down 18 with 3.02 to go, and we're down two with 28 seconds to go. So they've got people that can light it up from three. Um, the, the least recognized probably of that threesome, you know, they've got Jerome Robinson and, and, and Kai Bowman that are terrific guards from last year, and they've been great for BC. But the Jordan Chapman, who was a uh, transferred last year from, as you know, from Brigham Young, really stepped up in the Louisville game, made a bunch of threes when it really counted. And uh, they just, you know, this is a team without a lot of depth, very similar to Syracuse in that sense. Uh, they, 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 the top three guys are their main guys, and uh, and they're able to get it done. I thought that they were very, very impressive. Their guards are probably as good as any guards that, certainly any guards in the ACC and, and maybe any guards in the country. And, uh, you know, they rebound, they, they, you know, shoot the three ball, which their whole team does. And this is a crucial game, Matt, for this Syracuse no, team. This is a game where you got a home-and-home home series and you have to hold serve here the first time when you got a home game right off the bat. And then if you can win this one, hope that you can go there in a couple of weeks and, and steal one in Boston. But this is a hard team all of a sudden to play Jimmy Christian's coach there has done a really, really marvelous job here in a short period of time. Obviously already far exceeded, basically half again the number of wins they had a year ago with uh, just nine wins and uh, growing up and certainly this uh, guard tandem for Boston College has what uh, has carried them. You mentioned Jordan Chapman. He had 30 with uh, seven three-pointers against Richmond. We're visiting with Jim Sadlin here in the booth another couple of minutes as we turn our attention to uh, Syracuse Sats. By the way, I would point out on your idea there with uh, not a lot of depth. These teams are both in the 350 range, you know, meaning uh, least in the country in terms of bench minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and if they're both like that, that it uh, really probably shouldn't have much of an impact on the game. But Syracuse will be as well rested as could possibly be the case at this stage. Uh, it's so rare. You always wrote. You do rotate a game out, so that it's not rare to have a little bit of a uh, time off. But to think of it, where in a way, kind of the reset button was pushed on this uh, Syracuse team here in the middle of January. Yeah, it really was, and I think that this little break here will really give some people some time to not necessarily heal, because I'm not so sure they were. But maybe somebody like Barama Sidibe, who who's really struggled here in the last month and a half or so with some. Some, and I won't even say minor injuries, but tendonitis and ankle problems and so on that has really held him back from being what we saw in the beginning of the year. So maybe this will be very helpful to him that he can kind of get himself back. But the other guys, I think it's just time to, you're absolutely right, reset the clock here and start to realize that, you know, the season's winding down. I mean, you've played, you know, you only have, what, 12 games left in the regular season or something like that. And so they've played a bunch of games already and uh uh this is a if they're going to make a move this is the time to make a move right now as we've talked about before 
He had Pitt last week. He had BC tonight at home. He go to Pitt Saturday, and he got Georgia Tech next week. So, if you're going to make the move, this is this is the four game set to do it. Amazing to think of it that way, and. and- you know, you're right. There's not going to be drastic changes, right? Uh, Marek Dolajai is not going to come in a chiseled uh, 230 uh, nope. for this uh, sort of restart of the season. Is there anything that you think that's realistic? Uh, you know, Coach Beheim is a strong X and O guy. Is there something that he could find or implement in two or three days of practice that creates shots or anything like that? I think so. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, he's a terrific coach and, and he knows as well as you and I and everybody out listening that their problem is on the offensive end, not the defensive end. So they've got to create some different options, some different ways that they can all of a sudden get some baskets on the break, get some transition points, get to the foul line more than what they did. Last game was a little better, but before that, got to get to the foul line. It means, means running maybe some new sets, putting him some set, um set plays for some of the guys that that they feel that they can take advantage of what they do. Um, I even thought they did that a little bit against Pitt the other day. When we saw the beginning of the game, and I don't know if it was set up or not, but Matthew Moyer kind of took you know, a one-on-one play that they isolated him, and he kind of took it from way in the side. Now, I don't know if that was something that they practiced or he just decided to try it on his own. But I think this is a time that – that they definitely can, can put some new wrinkles into the offense and do some different things to be able to get them some shots and, and, and some easier shots than they're getting right now. All right, looking forward to it uh, tomorrow. A big one, uh, two competitive teams that have you know been in a lot of close games and uh, a really important one for Syracuse that they can uh, ill afford to lose. Uh, Sats, the last thing with you, given your background with Coaches versus Cancer and all of your dedication to raise funds, this is uh, Suits and Sneakers weekend. And just in my, uh, I shouldn't say weekend because it's now really a week, uh, the, the way it's executed. And in my observation, just being somebody who flips through the games at night, it looks like there's maybe a, a more concerted effort to get some attention here. Maybe you could take us through what the thought process was uh, for starting this and, and how you've seen it uh, manifest over the years. Yeah, yeah. thank you for saying that. It, it was really um, started by a, a gentleman in Philadelphia and who went to Fran Dumphy and Phil Martelli and said, I got an idea. Why don't we have the coaches, you know, when they wear their suits at every game, put some sneakers on it. It'll get attention to what we're trying to do here and raise money and, and raise awareness probably much more so than money at that time. And, uh, now it's 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 really developed. I did the same as you did last night. I kind of went through the channels and, and everything, and I saw almost every coach was wearing sneaks yesterday, and their staff. And it used to be just the coach did it, but now their whole staff does it. The trainers, the managers, everybody does it. Well, and, the apparel uh, companies I'm get sure behind Jim it too. We'll be doing it this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's gonna say. I mean, you see. In Syracuse's case, Nike gets behind it, and the whole staff will have uh, matching Nikes, I presume, uh, at the mm-hmm. game tomorrow. And I guess the point is, as you say, is for an awareness thing, it's a conversation starter, right? You you want somebody in the stands or watching the game on TV to say, turn yep. to somebody and say, hey, why is Coach so-and-so uh, wearing sneakers? And, and then it kind of gets into the conversation on Coaches versus Cancer. It absolutely does, and you need somebody, you need some of the announcers, and they've made a concerted effort to try to get to the – to the people at CBS and ESPN and, and, you know, any of the local stations through SIDs and so on to say, you know, if you could just get it out to your TV people 
and make a little comment about, you know, you know what, See, take a look at that. We'll show the picture of the coaches wearing sneaks and everybody on the bench and saying, you know, this is what it is. It's coaches versus cancer. There isn't money for to try to eliminate this disease. And, uh, you know, it'd be great if you guys could join in and blah, 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 blah. And, and they've done a really good job with that. And I think that uh, people are aware of it, and they've been doing this now since I think we did started it in 2003 or four. So it's been a good five, 14 or 15 years that we've done this, and it's it's made some really remarkable strides, so I'm really happy with that. All right, very good, man. You and your uh, brethren in the coaching industry uh, deserve a lot of credit uh, for that. Good stuff, as always. We appreciate the time and uh, hope to see you, if not at uh, practice today. We'll see you tomorrow, okay? Okay, for sure, Matt. I'll 7 o'clock tip-off, though. Thank you. 5.30 pregame with Jim Saddle, and he knew what time it was. That was my erroneous assumption slash confusion the following week's game is eight o'clock it's that uh, time zone change there in atlanta that's making that a eight o'clock game no uh eight o'clock eastern next week wednesday night the 31st against georgia tech seven o'clock tomorrow would hate to have shown up late tomorrow that would have been messy for everybody concerned all right back with more in the booth joe Salzone is next as we continue on espn radio syracuse Get on the block with Brent Axe. Liam McHugh on the block. Uh, I'm bringing the Belichick energy. All right, uh, Bill, can you tell us uh, what day it is, please? It's Friday. So, Liam, you're going to South Korea. Um, that must be exciting for you. The Olympics, that's, that's kind of a big deal, right? I'm um, uh, looking forward to it. We're on to South Korea. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. On the block with Brent Axe, 4 to 6. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 AM, and 1440 AM. Live from the com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Here's Joe Salzone. When the Patriots arrive in Minneapolis for Super Bowl 52, they'll be wearing their road white jerseys. The decision may have been partly based on this fact. Teams wearing white have won 12 out of the last 13 Super Bowls. When they arrive, they're going to be wearing street clothes. (laughs) That's true. One would think. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out why they're doing it. Uh, Was it their choice? Or was it predetermined AFC light, yes. NFC dark? Nope. It's uh, but the home team in the Super Bowl, they can decide what jersey they'd like okay. to wear, and they decided that one. There you go. When they arrive, though, suits. They might want to break in those jerseys on you the plane. You think they'll like, think it'll be like high school? They're going to show up in a bus from the airport and they're fully dressed in their game uniforms. I would. Okay. Save me time. Uh, Matt, you mentioned this uh, earlier. Alex Rodriguez joining Sunday Night Football on ESPN. A-Rod says that, he's though. looking forward to his baseball. to this new chapter of his broadcasting career. The former Yankee great joined Fox Sports as a baseball analyst last spring, and he'll continue that work during the postseason. So he's going to work for ESPN during the year on Sunday nights and then go back to Fox for the postseason. Yeah, but uh, Disney is acquiring right, parts uh, of Fox. Yeah. So. Huh. Uh, Alex Rodriguez can and will be a good analyst. He has not done it much. He really knows the game, talks the game, uh, has a passion for it. That's one of the most important things 
Uh, I think he has potential to be really good. They need to get somebody with him. Uh, Matt Vesgersen will be excellent uh, in the play-by-play role, but Rodriguez needs like some coaching and smoothing out from a broadcast technique standpoint and, and all that goes into having that job. But he has uh, everything it takes to be really, really good. Was he a Yankee great? No. That's a, uh, that was my problem with the Maybe story. you could change that, the great former Yankee. He was, I mean, he had, his first few years were He good. was great. He was a Mariners He great. was great, and he's a former Yankee. And you, do, you don't really become a former Yankee great. Like, Mickey Mantle's a Yankee great. Don DiMaggio's a Yankee. Yankee great. Joe DiMaggio. Don DiMaggio's He not. played a majority who, of his who, career. Who would go to a second DiMaggio brother? Uh, no, he's not a Yankee great. He played for the Yankees. He won the World Series with the Yankees. And he's a great player. He's a Hall of Fame caliber player. His best years were as a Mariner, right? Yeah, well, Mariner. He was a stud. Mariners and Rangers. All right, there goes my good mood. I was going to say, <laughs> does Joe get grilled? I mean, just for... <laughs> Mostly innocent oversight. Joe gets crushed on a regular basis. If only I weren't dead on the inside. Radio Joe, legend. would you prefer us to have these conversations and fine tooth comb this before no, the show? No, I, I like uh, the Okay, I just, just to check. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, reminds me of home. Radio legend Don Imus is retiring. Reports say the 77-year-old broadcaster is ending the long-running Imus in the Morning uh, program in March. Imus made the announcement on Monday saying Cumulus would not pay him after his contract ends. Because the company has filed for bankruptcy, the last Imus show is March 29th. Why would anybody pay anybody after the contract ends? That's not retiring either. If right. you say that... Well, the, he's 77 years old. He's been around the block. He has uh, put himself under the radar here lately because of uh, he's just kind of fallen out of the limelight. The Rutgers basketball stuff and whatever uh, really diminished his uh, profile. and. Uh, there you go. If your radio sounds funny in the morning, you're listening to Imus in the morning. One of my first radio jobs is board hopping the Don Imus show on an AM station. Joe, really? do you know, could you read that update again? Like, uh, what was his, who followed Charles. Mike, Mike Breen? Yeah, Charles, you know, you got to drop in the I'm in. Uh, <laughs> I, right? I could, I could try. Uh, but this would require you and Paul interrupting me after everything. That's what I was thinking. Well, right. we typically do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We were practicing all for this little bit. Uh, do We Care is brought to you by Cam's Pizzeria. Cam's love it for a slice. You didn't answer, you, do you care that Don Imus is retiring? I didn't even know no. he was still alive. No, I don't care. Um, good for him. Radio legend. Deserve all he came to him, uh, good and bad, and away he goes. I can't imagine Hope he'll continue happy, because long life. he's basically been part-time for the last couple years. He's very rich. Yeah. I'll miss him for for if nothing else I'll miss him. Well, well that's all you that won't matters. be alone. <laughs> Thanks, Paulie. Uh, Matt, happy birthday! Thank you, way. Joe. That's very Who nice. Cares? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do we care? Decidedly not. Very good. My birthday wishes for you to do this, Joe, where you don't skip any like notable facts or twist the truth. Or... Tomorrow is another day. Let's hope. Right? We got. Three more shows this week. Let's see if we can get one right. <laughs> That's probably too much to ask for. All right, back with a chance to give away some tickets. We'll do pick six next. So get ready to call us, 437-7644, ESPN44. We'll throw out the categories. Why don't you do that now so people can prep themselves? The categories? You, no. You want no, to just you don't do the homework on the categories. Okay. Okay. 
I'm not the only one getting beaten up today. Come on, I like right? It. I mean, well, I'm, I'm just trying to help I people out. I mean, no, but if we have to give hints or something, I suppose we will. But I don't think. No, we're not. No, then they would Google and how easy do you want to make it? All right, you got 30 seconds to name six yes. things in the topics we. You'll offer. pick a number of our categories. We'll tell you the category. You name six in 30 seconds. You are a winner for tickets. We'll even tell you the correct game time tomorrow. Okay, we'll do that. Seven o'clock game. <laughs> Plan on six if you want. Err on the side of being there early, but it is a 7 o'clock game, I am now informed. All right, more to come as we continue. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Listen to us online. Listen to us on your smartphone. Now you can listen to us whenever and wherever you want. Like when your wife's having one of her moods again. Honey, I didn't say your butt looked fat. I said it looked juicy. Subscribe to ESPN Syracuse on iTunes. Get the podcast of your favorite show sent right to your phone. Listen to ESPN Syracuse anywhere on the ESPN app or ESPNSyracuse.com. The Crunch make their final trip to Place Bell in Laval against the Rocket this Wednesday. Countdown to Crunch Time starts at 7.15. Puck drop at 7.30 on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. And welcome back in the booth, everybody. Just a couple more minutes left on the show today. Game day tomorrow, so we'll get into BC quite a bit with our counterpart from the BC IMG Sports Network, uh, John Mita Perel, on tomorrow's show. We want to give away a pair of tickets to the game. It is a 7 o'clock game for those of you scoring at home. And you can call us at 437-7644-ESPN44 to play Pick 6. We've got John on the line. John, how are you? Good. How you doing? Good, man. You ready to rock and roll? I hope so. <laughs> All right. We've got six categories for you. In uh, pick six, so best of luck, and do want to warn you that uh, one of these six of the six categories we have two that are Syracuse sports, one or two that are kind of you know general professional sports. We have kind of a poly supplied category and a Joe supplied category. Okay, so that's the the uh, makeup of the six. You don't want the Joe supplied category. <laughs> <laughs> pick uh, pick a number one to six, John. Uh, let's go with three. Three. This is, you might guess, the Polly supplied category, John Hughes movies. Do you know who John Hughes is? No. I'll give you a hint. He did The Breakfast Club. That will be the... You got to give the same hint, at least, that you gave the last time. Oh, this, this guy time. wasn't listening to both. So, just think 80s movies. Okay. Okay, you can do it. We're going to put 30 seconds on the clock there, John. Good luck. Okay, John Hughes movies, 30 seconds, go. Um, you said Breakfast Club. No, we're not counting that. Come on. <laughs> um, um, Back to the Future. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Those are where I'm at right there. Um, Over two. Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink. Yes. Um, Ding. Uh, Keep going with the action. Ten seconds. Where's science? Yes. Two. Uh, come on. Um, Five seconds. Three, two, Sorry. one. <laughs> Good thought. I uh, not my category, so I can name some of these. But i i would have I would have uh, taken a volume game approach on this one, John, and would have uh, rattled off a lot of them on the hopes that I hit six. Okay. Uh, Back to the Future. I was a little. I was leaning. I thought maybe that one would have uh, 
would have been in the category. Trust me, well, somebody's going to get this at some point, and you're going to – it's all going to click. You're going to be like, yep, I saw all those movies. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. All right, John. Good uh, good effort there, and uh, try again. 437-7644-ESPN44 if somebody else would like to uh, take a crack at it. A um, couple of little uh, news items that we did not get to yesterday. We kind of crash-landed the show with Brian Higgins on and, and ran out of time. Um, the men's lacrosse team had its first exhibition on Saturday. They've got a couple more to come and uh, beat Vermont uh, 14-7, to starting to work in uh, some new folks there. Uh, Don Madonna, from all reports, looked good in goal. He'll uh, likely be the new starter, but uh, still some to work out. The Orange on uh, this coming Sunday have uh, Hofstra and LeMoyne in kind of a combo scrimmage. Coach uh, Desco even referring to that. Maybe that might be as much work as two uh, complete scrimmages, and then they'll have an Ivy League team uh, a week or so after that. So uh, a couple of tune-ups, and lacrosse season is unbelievably upon us pretty much already with February 10th. So all good stuff with that. Women's lacrosse opens on February 9th. 437-7644-ESPN44. If you'd like to join us for a shot at pick six, we've got about four more minutes to give it a go. Yeah, you can't pick that last category, right? That's out for the day. Well, you're changing the rules. Last time we allowed it. Okay, then that's fine. we're going to, you know, who knows whether this, obviously this person was listening because they called in at our prompt. It's David. That's why we don't give away the answers, but we, if David, who is our new contestant, hello, David. Hello, Matt. How are you? Good. Thank you. If they, I think it would, it would benefit, it would sort of reward David for listening. If he would like to choose the same category, uh, you know, it's kind of a layup there, David, but, uh, we know, we know you like more of a challenge than that, but we'll allow you to pick any number one through six and decide your category. Um, so is, was the question, you know, name me John Hughes movies or can I, you know, if you want to answer, we, yeah, you got to name six in 30 seconds. You, you're going to whistle out and take oh, the I John. I can totally name six in 30 seconds. That's not a problem. Are you a, you're a John Hughes movie aficionado or everybody uh, is. They just don't uh, know it. Make me make it just, uh, I watched a lot of eighties movies cause I grew up in the eighties. So right, you want to uh, sh- like show off for us? I, 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 you're, you're bold. I'm, I'm ready to, to give you the shot at it. You ready? I'm ready when you are. Six John Hughes movies in 30 seconds. Pick six, go. 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Some Kind of Wonderful. She's Having Four, a Baby, Plain Snowmobiles. Six. Yeah. Damn. In seven seconds, that's a new record. Yeah, he also, <laughs> he also did all the National Lampoon vacation movies, Mr. Mom. Yep, Mr. Mom, that's true. Uncle Buck. Uh, Uncle, Buck Uncle Buck Flubber. Uh, Caddyshack. Career Opportunities. Yeah, he yeah. did a lot of them. Good work there, John. You smoked it. We'll hook you up Thank for you. a pair of Thank tickets. Thank you very much. You, you didn't want to try another category just to show that you know that w- that was your one specialty. We, we'll save the uh, other categories for another time. Sure. I mean, I can. I'll always call back. I mean, I listen to you guys all the time, so you guys. Well, are I'm awesome. sorry to hear that. <laughs> we appreciate it. He also did the good, Home Alone. Good work. Movies. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. He crushed that. We're. Gonna, I'm going to keep stats on that. That well, that Seven category's now gone. Boom. That's about it. Yep. So th- that one was uh, totally lit up. It was. See, it was right. way easier than. People made it. Yeah. Well, we got some other categories to uh, keep alive for another time. Do we have anything to give away to anybody else? No, guess but I not. mean, I guess we could give them to the next. What about your home? Steelers hat? What would it? No. Game worn? No. We could do the next home game. Game worn by you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've worn it at games. <laughs> 
No, we'll just do it another time. So callers that are on the line, we uh, thank you for uh, listening and for taking a crack at it. We invite you to, to do it another time. But uh, that's fun. We should do that more often. I like doing that for, for tickets. Kills five minutes, too. Well, <laughs> it is my birthday. <laughs> yeah, you ought to be able to coast a little bit here and there. We'll come up with some more categories. We'll do some good stuff there. I kind of like the uh, Joe category and kind of glad that nobody's picked it so far. <laughs> I don't know that we... Need to hear it, but we'll save it there for another time. All right, good stuff. And uh, it's on the tube tonight. Anything exciting? No. Kind of lost track. I've been spinning today in meetings and whatnot. But uh, tomorrow's game, Mike Cousins and uh, LaFonso Ellis are the uh, TV team in that one, the Fonz. So uh, I guess the Orange Nation guys are going to have Mike on tomorrow. He's also speaking to uh, students up at Newhouse, so we thank uh, Mike for that. And I did find looking forward new, to the day. I did find a new show I'm into. What's on that? ABC, the Good Doctor. Have you seen that? Not Maybe. to be confused with the Good Wife. No, it's very good. It's or the I, Good Doctor's Wife. Yeah, I, I recommend it if you get a chance. Watch okay. the Good Doctor on ABC. Okay, that is a uh, free plug. All right, back at it uh, tomorrow with uh, John Mediperell getting into all the Boston College news you were dying to hear and uh, his local perspective on the Patriots heading back to the Super Bowl, losing their two coordinators, it appears, including uh, VVS high school graduate Matt Patricia off to the uh, Detroit Lions to be their head coach as soon as the Super Bowl is over. Busy week for those guys who have been rumored in recent years to take head coaching jobs and uh, Dan McDaniels has already done it once, but now for Patricia to do it, start to get his staff together here behind the scenes and to get his team ready for the Super Bowl. There is a whole lot going on for those guys with big rewards to be sure. All right, thanks to everybody that uh, called in, played pick six. We thank Jim Sadlin for being with us. For Joe and Polly, I'm Matt Solong in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse.